Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. We have someone who can talk to us a little bit about some of the things that we might be able to do to be healthier and make healthier choices in the new year. Her name is Dr. Sharon Larson. She is the executive director of the Mainline Health Center for Population Health Research at the Lankenau Institute for Medical Research. I hope you don't have to write that down every time uh, that you go somewhere. (laughs) Dr. Larson, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I always feel like I've already given my talk when I give my title uh, and affiliation. (laughs) Medical and academic titles always seem to be just a little longer than uh, everyone else's, but that's because there are a lot of different things that have to go into those titles, I am sure. Um, I did want to ask you about people going to the ER. That is something that I know that you are concerned about. And let's talk about that and how uh, Mainline Health can partner with people and making sure that they know when they should be going to the ER and when they shouldn't. So, yes, it, it is um, it is a concern. The, the concern with emergency department utilization is that, um, first of all, we don't want to load the emergency room up with lots of folks who maybe could be getting their health care elsewhere. Um, we want to make sure that we're using that resource in a way that really serves the community. But importantly, for the individual patient, when they're being seen in the emergency room, there's always this issue about continuity of care. So if you have diabetes, for example, is the emergency room the best place for that to be managed? Or should you have someone who knows you, knows your health situation, um, and, and can better serve you? because there's this ongoing relationship. Um, We know that about um, 8% of the folks who visit the emergency department account for more than a fourth of uh, all the visits in the emergency room. So there's a small population of folks who are having to visit the emergency room frequently. And that's a big concern for us. Now, what are the reasons why people are using the ER? It, it sounds like what you're saying is that people are really using the ER almost as their primary care physician when that's not what um, is ideal for them in managing their health. So why are people using the ER in that way? I, I think that um, there are a variety of reasons. One is that um, they're getting into trouble with a chronic illness that, again, might be better managed if they had primary care access. So um, access to primary care is an issue for some um, folks in our populations, and that may be because they don't have health insurance or it may be because they don't have a primary care provider um, or it may be that um, on the patient side, there are things that they're not doing to manage their health, either because they don't have access to medication or they haven't been well educated about their, uh, their, their condition and the need for following certain recommendations. You know, the problem with the emergency department is there's not an opportunity to build a partnership between the patient and the provider. And so we end up with folks in the emergency department who maybe don't clearly understand 
um, what it is that they need to do to manage their health care as well as their health. Um, and then sometimes uh, people get into trouble and they're having a real medical emergency. And those are the folks that we really do want to see in the emergency department. I think um, we need to do a better job of making sure that we talk with patients in primary care and in the emergency department about some of the contributing factors like um, do they have a good diet? And uh, if they don't have access to good food, that's a problem. So we have community um, partners that we're working with to try and get people connected to some of those resources that they may not be otherwise aware of. I would imagine that a big challenge, uh, particularly in a big city like Philadelphia, is that the emergency rooms are also the places where people who are unhoused, people who are mentally ill, people who are drug addicts, substance abusers, and the like, they use those facilities too, because even while struggling with those various conditions, they may recognize that, hey, something's not right, or I don't feel well, or I feel like um, I've got a problem. So how can emergency rooms better deal with those patients when they come in? Or is this a function of um, making sure that also people are not straining the already overextended resources of the emergency rooms in the city? Boy, that's, you know, that's a great question. And I think that there are many answers to that. I think one is, so I study population health. Um, as my research topic. And one of the things that we have to do is we have to better understand how to talk to our patients to get them to tell us what's going on. And then we need to connect them to the right resources. Uh, We currently have a project going on within our Center for Population Health Research where we are doing exactly that. We're trying to return voice to patients And so giving people an opportunity to talk about what's going on. What did you not get to tell your provider, whatever the environment is, but particularly in the emergency department, that would have helped that provider better understand what your needs are? We need to have those conversations with people. We need to sort of fling the door open and um, invite people to tell us the things that maybe we don't even know to ask about. So we're trying to do a better job of learning what those things are. And then we need to make sure that we can identify resources um, to um, get them connected. So if it's about food, we need to get them to a place where there's access to food and we can sort of erase food insecurity as the issue. And the healthcare systems can't do all of that on their own. Right. So it really is about developing partnerships with the right community organizations. If somebody shows up in the emergency room with an overdose or a substance use disorder, or even um, one of my favorite topics is, you know, identifying folks who are having an issue with major depressive disorder or anxiety, um, which often is a driver, at least, um, a co-occurring reason why people end up in the emergency department. We need to figure out strategies to get people connected to the right services, even if it's not services that we can specifically deliver, um, get them connected to those and not just 
uh, hand them a referral card that you need to go see somebody. Now go out and take care of it. But we need to do a better job of, of making real connections and then following up to figure out whether there are any barriers or gaps in that follow up uh, that have prevented them from sort of following through. I mean, Um, this does seem to be a challenge on both ends. So from the emergency care providers, you know that anything could happen on any given day. It could be uh, gunshot wounds. It could be a mass shooting. It could be uh, any of the things that can be visited upon a city in our modern world. And at the same time, they are also dealing with the people who are coming in that have uh, dealing with societal ills, as we just discussed. So on their end, they are trying to triage and, and figure out whose care is urgent, whose care, as you said, can go to a referral, whose care might, you know, OK, we, we have a, a line of people here. We'll take this person down the line. Or I know in some ERs, there are people who are dealing with homelessness or, or substance abuse that they know because they keep coming back. So it's kind of trying to figure out, is there a system or is there something that already exists in order to be able to sort of uh, figure out how best for the ER providers to treat people? And then on the public side, it's when do you go to the ER? What ailments, what symptoms, what are the things that you should make sure that you do go to the ER for, or that could be dealt with by your primary care, or that could wait or all of those things. It's really kind of a thorny issue when you think about it, Dr. Lawson. And it's it's circular. So if you are having some of those um, social health issues like um, unstable housing or um, you don't have health insurance or even you have um, you have employment, but it is not employment that allows you to you know, sign off, run to the doctor, um, and then come back to work. I, it, it is such a complex problem. We have to figure out, um, yes, how to engage in better health literacy, health training about, how, you know, how do you make decisions? We never want to give the message that the doors are closed for the emergency department. Right. We always want people to feel that they can go there if they determine that they need to go. But we do need to do better education around how to manage health. We also need to think about how we um, make sure that we get people connected to primary care so that the emergency department isn't the first and last resort. Um, I spend a lot of time thinking about those folks who work, for example, in an hourly wage sort of situation where if they're not at work, they are not getting paid. Right. And how do we make sure that we're delivering services to those folks um, in a way that allows them to make use of the healthcare system? Um, but, you know, the other problem is uh, we still have a population of folks who don't have health insurance. Right. And um, most primary care settings require that. At Mainline Health, we have... Um, community health workers and um, social workers who work not only in uh, the emergency department, but also in association with our primary care providers to try and get people hooked up to uh, the resources that will allow them to get insured 
um, that we connect them with primary care settings where there are extended hours, for example. And then these community health workers also spend some time visiting with folks who get um, referred to them um, to make sure that they understand that, you know, we're here, uh, that primary care is open and available, um, and that we, you know, we think that they'll get um, really high quality care if we can get them referred to those those kinds of resources, those, and the I, people making connections. And, and I was going to say, I think it is important to know that if you do go to the ER and you are experiencing uh, some of those issues, that there are people there that can help you connect to medical insurance. Um, I think even if you are dealing with uh, homelessness, if you're dealing with substance abuse, if you're dealing with mental illness, that there are people that can recognize that and help connect you to those services or your loved one, uh, if that is the case, because, you know, we also have people who are dealing with loved ones who might be cycling through ERs and, you know, calling the person that they know to come and get them or help them or, or something like that. And even a loved one may not always know what to do when they're dealing with someone who does not have health insurance and who is, again, using the ER because that is really the only uh, health care facility that is open to some people. So that's one of the challenges. But the other thing is, how do we know as patients when we should, or prospective patients, when should we go to the ER when it's not, say, something that we know, a broken arm, broken leg, or, or something is profusely bleeding? When are the situations that you should consider going to the ER or when are the situations that you may want to call your primary care uh, doctor and say, hey, you know, can I wait this out or can I come see you? Because, you know, you can't always get an appointment right away with a primary care physician either. Boy, that's that's true. And I'm not a clinician, so um, I'm, I'm actually an epidemiologist. But okay. um, what I would say is we do leave that to the discretion of patients. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I think, uh, and again, we never want to steer somebody who believes that they need emergency care away from going to the emergency room. Certainly things like chest pain and difficulty breathing and uh, severe pain, um, whether it's abdominal or it's head or... Um, any of those kinds of things where it just feels serious to the patient, we want them to come to the emergency room and receive care. Um, if they are coming multiple times for the same kinds of conditions, then we may hook them up with someone who can give them some guidance and make sure that they, um, you know, they, they get some sort of tool for measuring their own need to visit the emergency department. And that's the role of the medical social workers and the community health workers who can connect with those folks. As I um, said at the start of our conversation, 8% of patients represent more than a fourth of visits to the emergency department. In other words, multiple visits over time. We have some patients who have two or three or four or even eight to 10 visits to the emergency department over the course of a year. Right. And that would suggest that we have to do a better job of connecting those folks to some kind of primary care. 
at Mainline, we actually have a clinic um, that serves folks who don't have uh, health insurance um, and need to be routed to someone who can help to manage their chronic diseases. We also know that folks with congestive heart failure, diabetes, major depression, asthma, COPD, or emphysema are the folks who are um, often showing up in the emergency room more often. Mm-hmm. And that suggests that we have to do a better job of helping connect with those patients with chronic diseases and making sure that they know um, when it's emergent and they should be heading to the emergency room if they have a, a particular set of symptoms. Now, we can find that clinic on your website? It is on our website. Um, and um, I think uh, making sure to connect with our population health um, support folks, the community folks, will um, allow folks to get into that that kind of a setting. We refer them. If they come to the emergency department and it appears that they don't have a primary care provider, and it's going to be challenging because of insurance issues, we'll actually refer them to our to the appropriate clinics. Good to know. Now, uh, Mainline Health has hospitals and medical facilities across several southeastern Pennsylvania counties. Now, I do want to ask you, since you did mention you were an epidemiologist, they also announced today that you will have to wear masks in order to come to a Mainline Health facility because it appears that there is an uptick in COVID. Can you just uh, speak briefly about that and uh, how people need to be thinking about COVID at this point in 2024? Well, it certainly is on the rise, as is flu. um, And it is that season when we can expect that to happen. Uh, We want to make sure that people are masking up if they have um, conditions that put them at an increased risk. Um, we want them only to come to the emergency room um, if they have a mask. Uh, family members will be asked to wear a mask in the exam room. I believe uh, we've told folks that they, the patient does not necessarily have to be masked uh, once they're in the exam room. Um, we're doing this because uh, we want to be cautious. We want to make sure that we are not um, increasing exposure um, to our our patients. So for the next two weeks, we've asked people to wear a mask um, because we're seeing this uptick and we want to make sure that um, we keep people as safe as possible. And a reminder, uh, washing your hands um, as often as you um, can think of it um, is a, a good strategy. And then, you know, if you're standing online at the grocery store, keep your distance. Um, we might see grocery stores go back. I don't know if you remember at the early part of the COVID pandemic, we had people standing in line in ways where, you know, it was stand on this spot, you know, get to your spot, now go to the next spot. I think um, we're going to see people trying to do that, keeping their social distance and uh, maybe handshakes need to uh, go away for a little while. And um, and again, masking up when you're out in public. Just an abundance of caution. And I think certainly for people who are dealing with various medical issues, always a good idea. Dr. Sharon Larson, the executive director of the Mainline Health Center for Population Health Research at the Lankenau Institute for Medical Research. Thank you so much for being with us on Reality Check today. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful rest of your week. You do the same. 
You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 